Here we go. And the inaugural episode of a segment I want to call Yo, I'm Lit Urcher. The ZMD here at the golf course in Brampton. And we're going to talk books. Well, one book specifically. Um, over the course of the last week or so, I've been reading this book that actually got recommended to me by Up in This Brain. It's called Steal Like an Artist. I should probably go and actually refer to it now since I'm going to be breaking this down chapter by chapter. I bought it on uh, iBooks and I've kind of been jiving with what it's been saying. So I thought what better way to step away from personal podcasting by turning this into a little bit of mini like book talk podcast. Let's see how many we can do, shall we? So I've done my homework for this week. I've actually covered a chapter. Just let me uh, get to iBooks. So, as I said, I've already done the first chapter, Steal Like an Artist. It is by Austin, hold on a second, title, there we go, Austin Cleon, it's a workman publishing company, New York, 10 things nobody told you about being creative, that's the subtitle, should have probably said that from the get-go, steal like an artist, 10 things nobody told you about being creative. Let's get to the, the chapter we're going to talk about this week. Steal like an artist. Um, the first thing is that for a book that's like a 200 and some 74 pages, it's a pretty easy read. Um, I'm not sure at this point I can evaluate the entire concept as a whole. I'm going through it chapter by chapter. Um, but I'm on board so far. So looking at the text, the first thing um, is, is that it includes a, a handy flowchart. Uh, I, I will post it as the cover art for this chapter. But Basically, it breaks down as this. Is it worth stealing? Yes or no. If yes, move on to the next thing. If no, is it worth stealing? And I think that's really key to the rest of the actual chapter, um, stealing like an artist. The whole part about this chapter is that it's very much laying down the fundamentals of this ideology of stealing like an artist. It's the idea of 
redefining how you as an artist look at the world and how you create. Um, it's coming to the realization that whatever you create is probably not out of thin air in terms of creative lineage, in terms of the purity of the idea, in terms of creating, sorry, creating something groundbreaking. And with that, let's get back to how we look at the world. In brackets or parentheses like an artist. So every artist gets asked one question or the question. Where do you get your ideas? And this is what the, the chapter first starts off with. Right after that, that flow chart, and it spends like a page on the title. It spends a page on the flowchart. So it's being real liberal with, you know, what it is actually considering content. I think there's some blank pages in there somewhere too. So, I'm sorry about the planes. Where's your ball? Sorry, my dog just like left her stuff somewhere. This thing is twenty dollars. You don't get to leave it. But I'm pretty sure I mean I haven't, but most people with any shred of artistic inclination or, or desire gets asked the idea of what inspires them. How do they get ideas? Where do they get the ideas from? Hey! Again, don't leave your stuff. But it's certainly an important question to ask yourself. If you're going to create something, how do you create your ideas? Where do you go to get your inspiration? So what did I... Okay, so I took one particular passage from this first page. And it goes, Where do you get your ideas? The honest artist answers... I steal them. How does an artist look at the world? First, you gotta figure out what's worth stealing. Then you move on to the next thing. That's about all there is to it. Again, it's a it's a summation of that that flow chart. I think it's really important. I'm gonna make sure that's the uh, the cover art. I took a photo with my phone. One of those screenshots. Again, it's coming to the the realization. And for me, this is quite liberating, this idea um, that nothing is really 
truly original. This book is filled with lots of quotes from other creative geniuses who talk about creativity and borrowing and plagiarism and stealing. And again, yeah, it supports his, his book thesis. I'll call it that. Uh, just because, like, it's the core con like, construct of the book. Um, and so he's in favor of that. But I, what did I write? Here's what I wrote. Any artist making modern or contemporary expression of their creativity, sorry, expressions of their creativity stand upon the works that came before them. Art isn't created in a vacuum. It relies on the context of other works that came before it which provides a lens for understanding. That isn't to say that you can't refine or innovate, but you probably didn't create anything so groundbreaking it hasn't been seen before either. We've talked about this in other episodes when it comes to um, how to podcast, um, my personal journey, and I think it, it's reflected in this book. That's why I think I... I resonate with this this book as a creative person. Um, with that storm episode, there we go. It's the one where I was recording in the car and there was lightning, and I told you I came to a few realizations. And I I already figured this this part out that. With my creative expression, I understand that I'm, I'm A, not creating art, but rather just personal expression. Okay, that's confusing as a sentence. I probably shouldn't have said it. With my podcasting, I understand that I'm not A, creating art, or I'm actually just expressing myself. There we go. That's probably... I should probably stop writing in such a assholey condescending way but I can't help it it's years of writing humanities papers have taught me to write like this oh and business emails I'm just reconfirming the confirmation of the confirmation of confirming that we are going to move in this direction so that we all cover each other's asses in case of failure. Signed, everybody in this email. Anyways. So, what were we getting at? Yeah, I understand with my podcasting, I'm not creating art. I'm just expressing myself personally. And the second point is, is that my voice and style is based on or emulates other podcasts I've listened to either subconsciously or consciously. I know I, my style of podcasting borrows heavily on, for example, Up in This Brain or even Scarborough Dude. That's not, I'm not going to argue anything else because it's clearly apparent. Even in some ways, I guess, model after love-hate thing. But it doesn't mean I don't make it my own. 
doesn't mean that I haven't contributed anything to the body of work in the way that it gets produced or does it mean that it doesn't have value or merit it's just what it is what else did I say oh yeah if they didn't have something valuable it wouldn't be worth stealing it wouldn't be worth listening to. Part of encouraging people to find their voice in this podcasting community is to accept that they're going to use their voice. And when it comes to creative lineage, this book actually Let's bring it back to the task at hand. This book, um, one of the exercises at the end of the chapter is to lay out your creative influences. Um, it talks about educating yourself in the, the styles of three of your influencers influencers um, and understanding them to the nth degree and, and educating yourself constantly in that way and uh, there's quotes from the RZA okay let's go back hmm. there's a quote from David Bowie the only art I'll ever study uh, the only art I'll ever study from sorry the only art I'll ever study is the stuff I can steal from. Eh. My reading skills are bad. Hey! Bring your ball. I better see you with it. Get it! Ball! The next little subtitle in this chapter is Nothing is Original. I, I'm kind of lost as the structure of the book. I think the book is devoted, each chapter is into like sub-chapters that all present a concept related to that one chapter in different ways. Um, like, this is another quote. The writer Jonathan Lethem has said that when people call something original, nine out of ten times, they just don't know the references or the original sources involved. I think that's a pretty safe bet, actually. Um, I haven't started that exercise of defining my podcasting tree. Maybe I'll do that and I'll figure out everybody that I've borrowed from and listened to their podcasts to see if I can make my podcast better. That's an interesting I think I'll have to listen to what is that? Norm uh, Gus Penis 
damn it. I'm looking forward to that. But live by the sword, die by the sword. Anyways, back to this subchapter. Nothing is original. We've already went through the 9 out of 10 thing, the sources, blah, 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 blah. There's a French writer, Andre Guidet, who said, Everything that needs to be said has already been said. But, since no one was listening, everything must be said again. And I think that is what lies at the heart of the creative endeavor when it comes to why people are creative, why things tend to get refined and innovate that way. Um, because we're not all going to be Picasso. That's okay. We can still contribute our creativity to the grand endeavor of creating art. No, it's still going. Perfect. Good. Okay. Back to iBooks. No. It's not a note within it. It's, it's within the iBooks, actually. Ah! And here's like a, a really key point to me. I remember when I was reading, I highlighted it for this reason. If we are free from the burden of trying to be completely original, we can stop trying to make something out of nothing, and we can embrace influence instead of running away from it. And that's something the author has actually added to the conversation. Um, I think that's true. If we really think about it, if we unburden ourselves from trying to make something art with a big A, something cre creatively revolutionary and groundbreaking, and simply create from one's artistic heart, I guess, I don't know, and soul or from their mind. You could actually be astounded at what you're actually capable of creating. Come tail! Bring your ball, let's go! Hmm. We're almost through the golf course. I don't even think I'm through the chapter. It's 33 pages and I'm on page 18. No, that's the other way. So, continuing from that, that uh, branch, uh, logically, he states that uh, in the, the subchapter, the genealogy of ideas, every new idea is just a mashup or remix of one or more previous ideas. He wants us to think, well not he wants us, but 
he does write C at 1 plus 1 equals 3. There's a, a trick they teach you in art school. You draw two lines and there's actually three. There's one in the negative space. I don't know how that explains the mashup idea, and I think I, I got lost there. That really didn't make sense to me. As I was following along, I'm like, yep, 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 and then he was talking about art, and I guess it's teaching me to think in a different way, or maybe in the creation of something, it actually ultimately creates the negative space of not creating or what it could have been at the same time. I don't know, but he goes on to explain genetics. Um, and genetics explain his concept, but he should have led with that. In the same way that we are linked to our parents and ancestors genetically, and we are the byproduct of them, creatively, we too are all in some way offspring of other uh, creators. Where's your ball? Also, don't go in the river, it's cold. Or the creek. But, I think what he's saying, this is the part that's important. We are shaped and fashioned by what we love. I think that applies definitely to who we are as creators when it comes to influences what we consume and that's why they want us to the author wants us to go through our creative lineages and, and constantly educate ourselves and re re redefine and elevate what we do as creators and hopefully through this process uh, do as a podcaster is understand our, our link in the creative chain and the, the kinship of creators and to not be afraid of it and to not be afraid to create because of being held back by not creating art art with an A big art yeah
think you hear someone being murdered. More on that later. So we're talking about creativity, our place in the, in the grand uh, cosmic scale of creators. We heard someone being murdered, and that threw me. There's a quote from Jay-Z, which talks about being raised by the streets, by the fathers that weren't there, by those they found in art, in rapping, and whatever it is they chose to be inspired by. Page 21. Oh, there's a picture of a person with a head and a target. That's an entire page. And again, very liberal what they consider with what is a page. I don't think I would pay. I would sorry. I wouldn't encourage you to pay full price for this book if I were you. Um, especially since I bought it for an ebook and I paid like 14 bucks. So I don't know if you can stomach me and get the, the real creative nuggets from this book. Seriously, you do that instead. Hey, Bo! Next subchapter. Garbage in, garbage out. I think that applies creatively as well. Um, I kind of feel like, especially we as podcasters, when we tend to stagnate or kind of spin out, at least personally, I find it's in that it is garbage in, garbage out. You no longer feel inspired by the crap. It doesn't have to be like Shakespeare, but... It's going to be listenable. You have to at least be inspired by it yourself. Like, believe in it. And be committed to it in the sense of if you're going to be like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Oh, I've got like five minutes and should I record a podcast? Those are the times where you're going to actually not record. Right? Because you're not committed to actually hitting the record button. But if you approach it from, I got five minutes, I can record something short, just bust one out, and maybe I'll put it in segments or something. When you hit record, and you actually record that thing, you're going to be surprised with the actual quality versus the perceived lack thereof. That's what I think of in terms of how I can apply this to garbage in, garbage out. You're only going to be as good as the stuff you surround yourself with, the book says. I think that's true. Hey! Tilly!
I need to see you. I think that's true creatively. I mean, all jokes aside with the name The Garbage Cast, if you surround yourself with garbage, you're going to inspire garbage. But if you're inspired with garbage, like I am, then you got to take inspiration where you see it. It's not all going to be gold. As I often quote one of my podcasting mentors, Adam Gratrix. Uh, again, like you have to be aware of your creative sources when you're going to try to align yourself in the grand scheme of things. I don't even know if this, what this sounds like. I don't even know if it's going to come out. There's a lot of planes. Pearson's busy today. Not that it isn't every other day, but, you know. Uh, and there's this weird blue thing. That's cool. Like a float. But I, I think that that's, that's how I applied it. This is page 23. Let's get going. I think this is the other thing that was very important from the chapter. The first chapter, the realizations I made in the beginning about creativity. And then the, the next part is your job is to collect good ideas. This is, what, this is directly from the book. Um, as creative people, our, our job is to collect good ideas and good. I'm gonna guess that they're saying inspiring or or something that gives us that creative juice. So I'm gonna apply this all to podcasting my creative endeavor. Um, and our, our job is to collect good ideas. The more good ideas you can collect, the more you can choose for, uh, to be influenced from or by. I think that I think that's true of, of the creative endeavor. If we accept we're influenced by everything, whether we like it or not, uh, we're not creating art and our job is to create is to collect good ideas and collect influences and to educate ourselves I think you set yourself up pretty well as a creative person if you if you want to learn how to do I don't know drawing and you study manga style by looking at different manga and copying and that's how I learned how to draw manga style when I was in like high school I learned how to draw and then I got really obsessed with symmetry and then I realized I wasn't as good as I I had some initial talent but I wasn't good enough to be great and I ran it. Um, and then I lost the eye. 
and the ability to translate what I saw in my mind's eye into the page. And I should have kept that going because I could have actually persevered if I wanted to, but I didn't. I think that's why I like podcasting as my creative expressive, creative expression because you can just keep the barrier to push through, as to say, or walk it off podcasting-wise is just to keep talking. And as long as you have a voice and the ability to ramble, you can do anything you want podcasting-wise. So long as you don't expect to be making million bajillion dollars. Oh, I got another text. Um, There's a a quote that I've, I've highlighted from Jim Jarmusch. Steal from anywhere that resonates with your inspire, your, steal from anywhere that resonates with your inspiration or fuels your imagination. Devour old films, new films, music, books, paintings, photographs, poems, dreams, random conversations, architecture, bridges, street signs, trees, clouds, bodies of water, lights and shadows. Select only things to steal from that speak directly to your soul. If you do this, your work and theft will be authentic. I think that's true. Um, I think that's the case with anything artistic. If you play curator and you pick only the best influences and like how I did with my drawing, I at first I, I copied, I copied, copied, you know, traced and traced and traced until I couldn't possibly get any better at tracing and then eventually I started learning the theory of how it actually all translates how you can translate what you see onto the page and it starts with identifying like the shape of in like manga style if you're going to draw like people like faces breaking that down and then from there you you once you have a uh, basic understanding of symmetry and the different concepts of how to break down the different parts and represent that on the page you kind of uh, if you have just a slight modicum of talent it's pretty easy to get some facsimile of what you see in the textbook I think that's so I think that you can basically replicate that effect with anything you want creatively so long as you actually you know put in the time to to keep doing those tracing to refine constantly and eventually you keep refining you'll eventually innovate it won't be groundbreaking but it'll at least be It'll be better. It'll save you time, or it'll it'll be uh, you know a way of cutting or channeling your muse, or getting to the heart of the subject matter. Whatever it is you intend to do, that skill you intend to to hone. 
by picking and choosing your influences and choosing only the best ones and figuring out, analyzing the, the downfalls or the, the negative sides, the cons of these influences, you can isolate what makes them good. And with some degree of effort, eventually you'll be able to synthesize those traits in your own creative efforts. I have to sneeze. Sorry! <laughs> Is it still recording? I can't believe it. Yeah, it's almost 40 minutes. I really got to get at the end of this chapter. I'm not stopping. No way. The, the, the inaugural episode of Yo! It's Lit. Yeah, Yo! It's Lit. Richer demands it. So we got that quote done. Chapter 25. Uh, we talked about the creative exercise uh, of figuring out your creative lineage. Of looking at your influences and then discovering their influences. And then discovering their influences. And then going three down and three down and three down. And eventually build this tree of creators that are like yourself. That are all in that same boat metaphorically and all have the same sorts of creative struggles and you realize that you're not alone in this process and that the difficulties that you're resulting like you're having it might seem insurmountable right now but through perseverance through refinement eventually you'll break through Uh, I think there's another part that's cool about this. Um, the great thing about dead or remote masters is that they can't refuse you as an apprentice. I think that's true. Um, looking to directly go and establish some sort of apprenticeship, at least I would hope not. Um, and so therefore they can't refuse you. Um... They can say they differ from you, opinion-wise, but they can't refuse you. Oh, I turned it off again. I, I don't even know if it's recording still. So I'm bad at this. All right, and uh, there's another picture. It's redacted poetry. It says, read deeply, stay open, continue to wonder, and... Google it, yo. Um, that's the other last and key point of this chapter. Steal like an artist. Google everything. Google any and everything. All information that you need to do whatever it is you need to do creatively. I don't know why I keep saying it as if I can't remember the word that I'm going to say, but it's I've synthesized some of this through notes and I've read this chapter numerous times to prepare for today um, because I wanted this to be really as good as I can make it even though I'm choosing a very bizarre venue to record a book podcast 
a golf course. Um, but Google it. I think that's really important. Learn everything it is you can learn about whatever it is you want to be better at. Google as much information as you can. Find as many influences as you can. And build your body of knowledge that way. When you couch your work in the works of the, the creators, the influencers, the, like when you build an essay, you know, when you are developing some sort of, of a topic for humanities, I'd assume it's the same thing for uh, scientific research. You do lots of research, you look up sources, you base your conclusions on things that you've learned from other sources. And you say, based on this, this, and this, this is going to happen. Or, this is my theory and this person says this which follows this. And, or, you know, here's a quote from this textbook or whatever. But couching it in, in the works of others, you inherently add legitimacy to what it is you're trying to create. It becomes undeniable that you are an artist. I don't know how to approach this because on one hand I'm saying it's not art but you are an artist. Everyone's an artist. We all steal like an artist. We may not realize it but we do. And that's okay. And if we are going to be artists and creative people we have to be okay with stealing and learning and synthesizing that information and turn reflecting it into our work so the only way we're going to get better is by constantly learning and evolving that way um, so google it yo uh, and this is the last part of the chapter which is uh, learning schooling yourself constantly and creating an idea book they suggest that you carry a notebook. I'm going to start doing that as part of this creative, creative endeavor. I'm going to carry a notebook with me wherever I go so that whenever I get the creative idea, I don't know how many things I'm going to write in it because I don't know how many things I'm going to come up with that are going to be creative. And we've set the bar pretty low. That's just the way it is. Some, some weeks are more creative than others. Um, I'm going to create an idea book. I already have the notebook with me. I already have an, I, like the concept of an idea book. I just never fucking use it. So that's what I'm going to do uh, as part of Yo! It's Lit! Urcher. Um I'm going to start writing ideas for podcasts and making sure um, 
you know, I save my thefts for later so that I can come back to them and I have stuff to inspire me. It's like a, what they're, the way they explained it is like a creative scrapbook that you keep of influencers, of creative things, of, of thought provoking, of things like my talismans of creativity that allow me to do this, to talk into a recorder without just trailing off into randomness. Um, to keep some sort of logical thread and through point, which is the inherent uh, skill or ability you need uh, to learn as a podcaster. This is page 31. I can't think that they would um, introduce any new points now with two pages left. But let's see. Uh, they explained like there was like, some crazy cool guys who like made sure that their suits had pages or sorry, notebook pockets or could fill score sheets. Um, they just they're just basically saying make sure that you have a pen and paper to record your ideas on you constantly. Whatever it is you need to do. I already have it, I just never use it. So I'm one tiny step ahead of the game. See something worth stealing, put it in the swipe file. Need a little inspiration? Open up the swipe file. And I think that's what it is. It's a, a they call it a morgue file because you, you take dead things and you reanimate them later. Your mileage may vary on that uh, verbiage or wave of calling it. So that's page 32. Page 33, another blank page. Again, if you can stomach this, I will give you, I hope, the key, the essence of this book. And then you can save yourself $13. $14, actually. So that's been uh, chapter one of Steal Like an Artist. I've been MD. This is the inaugural episode of Yo, It's Lit. I've got to somehow uh, export this giant ass file in 3D off my phone before it kills it. Uh, another one is in the books. Book it. Wait, wait, wait.
I'm lit.